Hello and welcome to What Moves Us Express. Or alternatively, What Doesn't Move Us. <laughs> a daily podcast throughout this uh, disrupted season. Brought to you from sunny Brighton and... At Nine Elms in London. Well, uh, sorry, afternoon. It's uh, Thursday afternoon today and we are... Uh, I'm still in London. There's Johanna on the line, still in... I'm still in Brighton. And we also have... Ben Craze, who's right. in Worcester. In where? Worcestershire. Worcester. Worcestershire. You're the, our first guest from Worcester. How is Worcester? Worcester's, uh, yeah, quiet. 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 <laughs> Everywhere's quiet. Is it quieter <laughs> than normal? Well, it's not quiet in the, in the household with two young children, but um, oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's quiet out on the streets, quite eerie. <laughs> right. And... Um, Ben, I think you know our format now, so it's a qu quick ten minutes. So, if I can start with, uh, what do you what do you do? So, I'm uh, the chief exec of uh, Infinitive Group, who are a railway consultancy and uh, engineering and technology innovator, um, providing our insight that we get through our consultancy by uh, investing that into our own development of products through software platforms and hardware products that we're currently developing still developing we've decanted the offices since we shut them um, to everyone's houses and we're continually developing which has been a, an interesting challenge to overcome during this uh, time period so do you do you develop software or actual physical products both yeah so we've got um, we've got software products um, one it comes under a platform called Artemist um, which is a visualization um, platform for train or asset data that enables us to present information for operators, um, rolling stock owners, infrastructure managers to make informed decisions. But also we've got a um, machine learning platform um, where we develop uh, algorithms to be able to predict the likelihood of failures or vulnerabilities of assets. Um, we've, we've built a number of uh, algorithms for operators and Roscoe's uh, to be able to predict when failures of their assets are likely to happen so we can make proactive decisions around what they should be doing rather than just operating it as they would traditionally and wait for it to fail and then cause disruption to the railway. Okay, I have two, I have two questions if I can get mine in. Before. Yeah. Uh, I can see Johanna like writing with her pen so I know she's coming. So my uh, first question is, um, if you have physical product, who is, where are they being developed now? Because obviously you have a, a workspace in your offices. So yeah. how are you dealing with that? So Secondly is, I'm sorry. Go for it. Get your second, well, no, question. second question was, you mentioned about operators wanting to, supporting operators with pre predicting and preventative maintenance. Yep. In this situation where there are less staff about, has that become more paramount, more important? to the intelligence behind maintenance? Yeah, um, so if I ask you your first question, um, we've had to go out to our insurance people um, to ensure that we can um, safely um, and ensure our products to be decanted from our offices into people's homes. So our hardware development is still continuing but the continuation is being done from people's living rooms, people's spare bedrooms, um, mm -hmm. um, 
which is um, it's been an interesting challenge so particularly when you need them to collaborate so we've created a bit of a cyberspace we personally don't use zoom um, we use another product but um, we've created a cyberspace so we're constantly on online with the team um, working through the technology challenges and it's not actually been that bad it's actually productivity has probably gone up um, but <laughs> but the um, psychological effects now being within a second week of, of this is now starting to take its toll a bit from not being able to physically go and go through design documents and design concepts and, and, and the, the actual physical device in itself, which is, is challenging. And the second question with regards to predictive preventative maintenance um, yeah, well, I think potentially there could be a really positive um, view on this um, when we get out of it, is that from what we can provide, we can provide information that enables operators and, and other maintainers and, and Roscoe's to have a view of what they need to do and what resource is required to do the work when necessary rather than the traditional way maintenance was applied in in the railway which is done on mileage or kilometers or or time so we we're, we're very much focused around risk-based maintenance which is a combination of time distance cycles and predictions around the health state of assets so i think that i think that will have a very very um interesting view where it, it has been kind of a hard slog to to get that message out there lots of people say that they are doing it um and some are and and some are playing with it and some um aren't and and it's it's a it's a mixed bag so i think going out of this um unprecedented uh situation that we're in where where critical staff even in the railway are now starting to go um catch it and all being put into self-isolation are um so are you having to find at the moment then that you're repivoting your business to focus on different things? Because obviously you've, you've, you've changed the way you've worked, but I mean, one of the things I'm thinking about is there's a lot of trains not running at the moment. So, and that's going to cause when things do start returning to some sort of normality is that's going to be a challenge for, train companies and rolling stock companies having to mobilize their trains again after being potentially sat in a sta stabling yard for a few weeks oh yeah the, um, definitely trains don't like to be stopped for long periods of time and there will be um, matters that the the, the, the engineering production teams will be um, well versed in um, and there are return to service examinations that will be carried out i mean unfortunately from from a data technology perspective there isn't really much that you can do with regards to that because it's physical uh, engineering intervention that's required because of the way that uh, bearings like to be lubricated from the, the motion of the wheels turning so um, we wouldn't be able to do much from that perspective and repivoting our business from what we're doing i don't think we're repivoting so much from our software platforms but we have and i challenged the team probably about 10, 12 days ago, um, 
in one of the sensor designs that we've been doing um, where we where we were locking down on design we got in there just before that point to enhance the capability of a sensor by incorporating thermal imaging into it to be able to add the capability of being able to track and monitor temperatures of um, passengers which we're accelerating development on and we've been busy um, over the last as i say 10 12 days making sure that we can we can actually incorporate this in with our sensor design so that's something that rail and government's going to be really interested in in terms of getting people back to work and that isn't it yeah well it's not just back to work one of the key factors of it is getting people back to work and making sure the safety and security of their staff whilst they are working isn't being impacted through through people that may be contagious that aren't realizing it as yet as it's quite a hidden um, infection um, but also to give some confidence back into the traveling public that actually from a system that we can alert and alarm on we can we can take some positive intervention um, and positive action so we've um, we've also linked up with a, um, a decontamination um, cleaning provider called HPC um, so we're working with them so when we've finalized the kind of the development of how this sensor will be able to detect an alarm that a, a a need of decontamination is is likely we can we can immediately dispatch decontamination so that's given a hopefully will give um, the traveling public a bit of a confidence that's so from that perspective we have pivoted the business and rise to the challenge and I suppose that's where really innovation kind of comes into the forefront of of what people can do and organizations that are agile enough to be able to do that i think that sounds really great so so given that you've got you know you're looking at a new process and a new um and um source this what would you be asking the government at this stage in terms of assisting your business or promoting your product what would we ask them to do with regards to supporting our product is is embrace it embrace parts of the development of innovation in a way that can be deployed really quickly um, we are working um, with um, infrastructure managers and and tox to try and get this out there quickly and and um, i won't mention them as of yet because we haven't signed yeah. in any contracts as, as of present but um, we're hopeful that you know that with innovation like this that standards and and the the um the real time consuming aspects can be not ignored but can be put to one side for a moment whilst you kind of gain some further intel um into what needs to be done before you then start to go through the real difficult aspects of approvals and um all of the products um, so essentially it's asking decision makers particularly in government and big organizations to be a bit more agile and a bit more like a startup yeah well it's, it's thinking a bit everyone's going to have to start thinking differently um things are moving so quickly every every day we hear from you know the government with their local um, their public address is that things are changing constantly so we have to be able to react to that and if we start down a process where um you need lots and lots of uh, approvals to be even be able to start to get things out there and tested in in a live environment then we'll be too late so it's just been it's been pragmatic around the approach 
obviously safety is key and we wouldn't ever jeopardize that and we'd make sure that we would comply to all standard you know health and safety regulations but um but working with um the government and, and operators and and um infrastructure managers to to make sure that we we can get things out there and quickly make a positive impact perfect all right well thank you very much for joining us and that was really great yeah i really loved that and i really love all the possibilities of what what you can do ben oh thank you well thank, thank you for you uh, no no thank you for um, <laughs> your time too nice to talk to you and you thank you bye bye <laughs>